Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan! Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always, as the Avalanche are fresh off of to what is to me no doubt their best win of the season i've said that a lot uh this one overtakes them all without a single doubt in my mind we'll get into all the reason as to why but the avalanche missing at least five key players for this matchup against the calgary flames the other best team in the west missing nathan mckinnon which we will talk about missing gabe landeskog missing sam gerard missing bowen byram missing ryan murray they march into Calgary and win that game two to one. The only goal they give up is a five on three goal on some tacky calls. This is to me, without a doubt, their best performance of the year. Yeah, Griffin, they beat the uh, toughest competition in the West, the number one contender out of the Western Conference last night. Oh, yes. Uh, According to so. every every popular hockey media, the Flames are always the, the real team to beat in the West. So my question now is, what's next? What else do we have to fucking prove? And to be even the team to beat in the West. We've been the team to beat in the West for months. It's not even a debate. Stop trying to be different. They they were trying to get those clicks. And I love that Rycroft retweeted that last night, that video, like at like probably like midnight Denver time. And I watched that laying in bed and I was like, I didn't even know they said like, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, the abs, like these past two games, like, they could have easily gotten four points on this road trip. Easily. Like the way they played, you probably should have said they should have gotten all four points, but just some bad bounces didn't go their way in the Minnesota game. And in this Calgary game, like you said, considering everything that was going on with the avalanche that didn't involve the other team, the most impressive win of the year, like everything was beautiful in that game. Yeah. And let's also point out how well things have been going for Calgary on the other end of the spectrum. They've had to deal with no injuries 
They were pretty well rested coming into this game. They have Jacob Markstrom starting in net. And the narrative coming into this game for them was the last time we played them and shut them out three to nothing. They were tired. They had Vladar in net. You know, they played a ton of games. They're on the second half of a back-to-back. You know, we just didn't didn't have the legs. So we're real excited for this one to play the, the best team in the Western Conference. And even with all that, and even with everything that we have, they still couldn't beat us. They couldn't even score a five-on-four goal. They had to bring it down to five-on-three to get one through Darcy Kemper on what is it, a combined 91 shots in two games? That has got to be disheartening. Yeah. And well, uh, let's just talk about it now. Darcy Kemper, if he didn't have such a slow start to the year, he's a Vesna finalist. Like it, people have talked about Markstrom and how great he's been all year, which granted, he has been fantastic. Nine shutouts. Darcy Kemper has very similar stats to him now. I think yeah. he's a point behind in save percentage. He probably has more wins. And like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Darcy Kemper, a potential Vezina finalist in the second half. Yeah, Darcy Kemper, since he's come back from his injury in early December, has undoubtedly been, to me, at least a top three goalie in the league, at worst top five. And even with his, I mean, his slow start was what, like 15 games? Yeah. He was just okay. Like the, the end of November, he was pretty bad against like, Ottawa, who cares? Ever since then, he's been the model of consistency. We know exactly how we need to defend him. And I'll just jump right into this. You, you might look at the box score and see, oh, the Flames had 45 shots. Oh, man, they must, must have gotten really lucky in this game. They had two power play goals. They must have gotten really lucky. No, I think that was the plan. I think we have learned how to defend in front of Darcy Kemper. And is that if there is a low danger shot from the point, just get out of the way. Let Kemper save it. I think that's how he likes to play. I think that's why he was so good in Arizona behind their terrible defenses. I think the more pressure he faces, the the better he gets, the more he gets into games. I think there's a reason why you saw Kemper give up three goals on 19 shots. And now you fast forward to now and he regularly sees 35, 40 shots and lets in one if he doesn't stop them all. I think we've just learned the system with him and how we want him to play and how he wants us to play in front of him. Yeah. He's been just a model of consistency. I remember when we had Raj on the last time he was saying he had a terrible save percentage on like the low danger scoring chances. I'd love to see that stat now. Cause I imagine it's probably been top in the league. Are you pulling it up right now? You're giving me the I, look. I can go find that. Cause I have my okay. pulled up right here. So you go, I will find that. Okay. But he has been rock solid, and if we get this type of play from Darcy Kemper in the playoffs, add on to the fact we're going to get all these players back healthy, I don't know, and I don't mean to sound cocky, I don't know how this team doesn't win the Stanley Cup. I just don't. If you're telling me I get Darcy Kemper like I got last night making 44 or 45 saves, and we get all these players back, I, I just I don't see how this team loses. I just don't. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Darcy Kemper playing like that, what was he, a, a 950 or whatever save percentage? Yeah. If you're getting that kind of goaltending consistently in the playoffs, like you have been getting from Darcy Kemper over the last two months in just about every single big game, he's making these outstanding stops. It would have to take something catastrophic for us to lose, even in the Vegas series. I feel like I always go back to the Vegas series because there's always something to pull out from that series. 
in hindsight, it's a very valuable series to learn from. Even with everything, we still could have beaten them if Grubauer was better in that, in those last couple of games. If he just made a couple more saves, game six is at least a lot closer and gives us a lot better chance to win. We still scored three goals in that game. It's not like we got shut out. We, we gave up six goals. You get a little better goaltending, you're probably talking about a game seven. You get that from Kemper in the playoffs. He's giving you every chance to win, and you put a healthy lineup in front of him. It's going to have to take a monstrous effort from the other team or us just completely shitting the bed because I don't – I do not see it. It's like we've been saying all year. The Avs will lose when they beat themselves. I don't know if any team can actually – like okay, that that's just not true. But the Avs in the playoffs, not in the they're West, healthy, not in the West. Like they they're gonna have to beat themselves to not make it. Like we can tie this back to Calgary. That was a must win for them. Like they had to win that game considering all the circumstances. And if the Avs would have lost that game, I would have come on this episode and probably said the same thing Calgary was saying when they lost three nothing to us. Like we had no players. Like you have to win that game. And if it wasn't for a fluky five on three, the abs win that game pretty easily. Yeah. They would have shut him out again for the second straight game. And for Calgary to have even have had an outside chance at winning the conference, they needed to win this game. Cause now instead of it being eight points with the avalanche, a little banged up, which we will get to now it's 12. And I just don't, I it's impossible. I'll just say it. it's impossible for the flames to come back. It's something I tweeted out a couple of days ago. The difference between first and eighth in the Eastern conference is 12 points. That's Florida and Washington right now. The difference between first and second in the West is 12 points. Yeah. That puts that in the perspective. Do you think Washington's going to catch Florida by the end of the season? No, no. Do you think Calgary is going to catch Colorado? Cause it's the same yeah. question. Absolutely no, not. No, they're not. So the this this win really does kind of lock up the West. Um, again, barring something catastrophic, a catastrophic collapse in the final month of the season, this was a must win for the Flames. And I, they didn't even play bad. I didn't think the Flames came out and no. played bad. We just were better without two thirds of our top line and half of our defense. Yeah, and. I thought the defensive game plan for him was beautiful. I mean, the, granted, the Flames did miss a couple chances. I think Lindholm missed like three chances wide open in the slot, just like whipped on the puck. But like that's hockey. Other than that, like I thought Not the Avs problem. Defensively, yeah, defensively, the Avs were fantastic last night. And a guy that caught a little bit of heat um, when he first came over, Josh Manson, I thought he played his best game as a member of the Avalanche last night. Like that is the Josh Manson. If we get him on the third pair defenseman, if everything works out that way, sign me up all day. Like that is, I love the way Jack Johnson's played. I love how Eric Johnson played last night. If you're telling me Josh Manson's going to be my fifth defenseman, but that's give me that all day. Give me that all day. Absolutely. Josh Manson undoubtedly had his best game as an avalanche against the flames. And again, I really think I was onto something with the altitude thing. Because you look at his road games versus his home games, they are two completely different things. He has been a disaster at home and at worst okay on the road. And against the Flames, I'd argue he was great. There was that one sequence in the third period where he gets that beautiful pass that's just stopped 
by Markstrom on a great scoring chance. The puck goes the other way. He goes the entire length of the ice and breaks up the two-on-one on the pass across. That's a beautiful end-to-end play that you should really come to expect from him. And you, you bring up everyone else. Eric Johnson played well last night. Jack Johnson played 20 minutes last night. That's and crazy. Only, and only one of it was shorthanded. He played 19 minutes at even strength. And he had a very good game. I thought yeah. Jack Johnson was great. And it, it was also very funny when we had rush opportunities and they would do a drop pass to Jack Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was great. Once you get Sam Girard or Byram, back there that's going to really make a difference as to that but you can't knock jack johnson he's been great no i I have nothing negative to say about jack johnson i never thought at the beginning of the season i would be like this about him but he's been great especially the role he's he's playing consistent second pair minutes for like the last month and a half and has been fine yeah he's been fine it's really going to be an interesting debate if bo byram comes back and Ryan Murray comes back. I, I think I think you gotta give Jack Johnson the sixth defenseman role. I don't know how you can take it away from him. What yeah. what has he not done? When you when you when you're Jared Bednar and you're talking to Jack Johnson before the game, when has he not given you exactly what you ask? He's done it every single game that he goes out there and does his job. I don't know how you can take away a spot in the playoffs for him. Hey, and granted, Ryan Murray was playing his best hockey of the year before he broke his hand. But Jack Johnson has just been rock solid, man. I just, it, it's going to be a good problem to have. You can never have enough defensemen in the playoffs. And if you're telling me I can rotate my six defensemen between Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray, that's a pretty good trio of six defensemen. Right. Yeah, it's, it's better than Patrick Nemeth. Yeah. For sure. Like, significantly better. And I, I was worried that maybe Manson may be the odd man out, but just judging off this last game, and if he can continue to build off of this and he gets more comfortable with the system, he's, he's going to be probably, I mean, you could arguably throw him on the second pair with Samuel Gerard or Bo and Byram. I think either of those play styles match well with his. I think that's the plan. I think that's ultimately what we want to do. I think that's the reason we acquired him so that we can do that. I think there's still a little bit of learning that's going on because there's a stark difference in expectations when you come from Anaheim to Colorado. And in the span of a week, you're going from no one even knows I really exist to I am an important piece on the second pair of the best team in the NHL because there's a ton of injuries. And I still think he's learning. There was sometimes against Calgary where it still looks like he's a little shifty, a little uncomfortable. You got Bednar talking to him on the bench and everything. I think he's still learning, but once you get him in Colorado and training more, working out more games in Colorado in that mountain air, I think he's going to slowly start to adjust to it. The more games he plays, he's going to learn more and more of the system. Once Sam comes back, I'm very excited to see how they work too. They seem to me like a natural fit. They're what we want Eric Johnson to be. It's what we wanted. We want Sam Gerrard and Eric Johnson together at the beginning of the season. It worked for a while. Then EJ took a step back. Then you throw Manson in there. I think it's a perfect fit. Josh Manson's Eric Johnson from three years ago. Like Eric Johnson age and injuries have kind of gotten the best of him. And that's natural. Um, He's still serviceable, but Josh Manson's him from three years ago. 
Like he brings that tenacity, he brings that good defensive play. Um, I think I personally would rather see, I would love to see Sam and Gerard play with him. But like you had said earlier on episodes, I think Sam and Gerard and Jack Johnson have been playing together a lot this year. That, that kind of makes more sense maybe for the, for the top four. And as Byram works his way back, you, you throw Byram with Josh Manson. I think that's a pretty serviceable trio of yeah. defensemen. I mean, and Bednar has been doing that these past couple games, the deep pair, I, I feel like John or McCarr and Taves are playing less and less together because, you know, you throw those two together, they'll be fine. Like experiment, find something else that works. Um, I think we should prepare for that in the playoffs with just, maybe it won't be Taves and McCarr all the time. Maybe it's. There's still going to be the top pair. I think it's especially right now when you yeah. are missing so many pieces of your defense you just throw them out there for a little bit to fill in the gaps every now and again. Cause you had Kale McCarr play 28 minutes and Devontae's played 25 against Calgary. Your next highest is Jack Johnson at 20. They're throwing them out there with everyone. I think right now to fill in the gaps, I don't think they're going to screw with it in the playoffs. Maybe you throw them out there every once in a while with someone else and late game, just to keep your better players on the ice. But I think once Sam and Bo come back, the, the defense is going to, be spread out a lot more that'd be so sick dude like <laughs> decor is so dirty man and if even if bo byron comes back and he's 65 70 percent of what he was at the beginning of the year like he's still significantly better than eric johnson and brian murray at, like, at, at very least that's an upgrade over curtis mcdermott yeah and and that's the thing too. Curtis McDermott hasn't been playing bad either, man. Like he's, yeah, been, he's been fine in the minutes he's played. He's played well. Like last night, there were a couple times that Johnson and McDermott's line got matched up with the top line, and every second they're out there, it's just oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. They they were okay. Like they were they were pretty solid. And I just I I really like where this defenseman group's heading. Um, it's it's gonna be fun to see how we pair. Like that's gonna be the intrigue of these last what do we got 15 games like that's gonna be the intrigue is like when these players come back who's playing with who what's working what's not working and because like you said the abs have everything locked up like it, it's it's going to take a monumental collapse for the abs not to get the number one seed and win the division like a monumental collapse i, I mean we talked about on the minnesota episode minnesota's won what six games seven games in a row i think seven they've made one point up on the abs yeah, they're, they're like hilariously 14 points behind still on a yeah. seven-game winning streak. They're not touching us. No, the, and they're going to start losing again because that, that's just hockey. You, you can't win every game. So it, the, that's, to me, going to be the intrigue of these last 15 games is when these pieces come back, who's playing with who, let's get this locked up for the playoffs. And I'm excited to see it. I'm really excited to see it. But – going back to the Calgary game, because there it was a 2-1 game. It wasn't like it was a super high-scoring game, but a the first player who – brutal. First period was really bad. Both teams were just playing it safe. Third period was the most exciting period. I'm surprised there weren't more goals. Um, but who cares? We won the game. Uh, a player who finally made their debut, who I thought was fantastic last night, was Arturi Lekin. Like Lekin his first game with the Avs, and – I already think he's going to be – he's going to score a big goal in the playoffs. Absolutely. Lekkonen was outstanding. He was everything I hoped he would be. I know he didn't pick up a point. He didn't pick up a goal or anything. But I loved everything he brought to the ice. I noticed him every time he was on the ice. All he did was make smart decisions. 
it seems it seemed to me like he's like, okay, I don't know anything about this team. I don't know the system. I'm just going to do everything right. And it works regardless. You throw him with Alex Newhook and Andre Burakovsky on the second line. I love that line. I mean, I thought good. that line was great. And that's potentially, but minus Berkey, your third line for the playoffs. Once you get Landis and McKinnon back, I Lekkonen's only going to get better and better with every single game. He's not going to be like a, a point per game kind of player. He's not going to be a serious offensive contributor, but he did have some time on the power play as well, which I, I thought was interesting because when we traded for him, I did not think he was going to spend even a single second. On well, when everyone's healthy, he won't. He, yeah, and that's the thing. He won't. But it just seems like I just have no problems with him, and he's going to be here beyond this season. I might just end up getting a Lekin in Jersey. I mean, I I know it's <laughs> he early. Your new Berkey. He becomes your new Berkey. Honestly, he's only played a game. I love him already. I have yeah. no problems with his game. I love his game. It's it's just like a it's like Devontae's on offense for me. It's just one big brain massage. I love everything he does. He was rock solid. I mean, even the Flames one goal, uh, Lekkonen was on the ice. So I think he was probably minus for the game. Was that was five, just it, the five it, on three. Def- you don't get minuses yeah. for that. Yeah. It, it deflected off of him. Like, because he was he, selling out the body trying yeah. to block a slap shot from Tyler to Foley. Yeah. And it was, uh, he's going to be a really good player. I, that third line is two weeks ago, we're talking about a third line with Newhook, Comfer, and Jost. You tell me now, my third line is Newhook. Lekkonen and Kompfer, it's significantly, but it's significantly more dangerous. Like they actually have a chance to go out there and score some goals, which is you need depth scoring in the playoffs. I mean, even though Nathan McKinnon's an unreal playoff performer, a third line goal is huge. And I think with new hooks, playmaking skills and Lekkonen's just always seems to be in the right spot, just from what I've watched in Montreal and the one game with the abs, he's going to get some good chances. Yeah, absolutely. I could physically see the relief on Alex Newhook when he realized he had an actual competent line mate. He could make a pass to them and then Black and it would make another smart play. And then Newhook would be like, wait, what? That's not how it really works. Yeah. He, I, I, they're going to be such a great duo for the rest of the season and for the playoffs. Because once, once McKinnon comes back, I think Newhook's obviously going to get bumped down again. And I, I think Lekin is just going to be attached to his hip all season long and probably throughout most of their careers in Colorado because obviously new hook's going to be here next year. Obviously Lekkonen's going to be here next year. They're going to be such a great duo. And finally a line mate for new hook where his best, his best line mate isn't JT Comfer. Not a, not a knock against JT Comfer, but kind of is a little, yeah, a little bit, but he's Comfer's been playing better lately. Um, I think it helps now that like there's some pressure off of him and kind of the same thing. He has some playmakers on there, but um, I was really impressed just with, I mean, like only going to get better new hook. I thought played a really good game matching up against mostly the top line of Calgary. I thought he played pretty well. Um, he's so due for a goal. He is so due. Uh, I, I think he's going to have, um, I think he's going to have a big game against San Jose. I, I, I have a feeling he's going to score a couple. Um, and then the other player on that line, Andre Burakovsky, he's back into that mode where a goal's coming for him. Like he's been in the right spot these past couple games. His his he's been way more engaged. I feel like offensively and defensively, he's not just kind of floating around out there, which he can do sometimes. Uh, I mean, he almost scored last night against Calgary. He, a beautiful move from behind the net and just hit the crossbar. Yeah, he like, al- he almost had Markstrom beat clean. Just 
just that little space between Markstrom and the net. He just rang it off the post. That was a yeah. great opportunity for him. And he's getting close too. But I wanted to swing it back to Alex Newhook for a second. Okay. Because what you said, I mean, Newhook hasn't scored a point since the, the second game against the Islanders. That was, and it was an assist. And he hasn't scored a goal since Buffalo on February 19th. I bring that up because we have no problem with it because he's been playing so well. Usually when you see a 21 year old go through something like this, they're bumped down to the fourth line. They're playing eight minutes. Cause you know, coach is trying to teach them some responsibility because they're taking liabilities on defense to try to break these slumps. Alex Newhook has been so good in every other aspect of his game that he's getting bumped up to top six minutes, even when he's not scoring yeah. again, just such an indictment on how good this kid is going to be in the NHL and in the playoffs. He's an effective player for this team, and he's only going to get better and better. And then you stick Lekkanen next to him, an actual competent line mate. It's only going to get better for them as they get more used to each other. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see it. It's crazy to think Newark hasn't scored since then because he's had some chances. That's why I think like we're going to see like a two goal game from Alex Newhook. And I, I still think there's an outside shot. He could get to 20 if he gets hot. Like, cause he's at what? 11 right now, 11 or 12, I think. Yeah. I mean, how many games do we have left? Like 15? 15. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, it's a very minuscule chance he does, but there's a possibility. He's been so close. I think it was the Minnesota game. He had that great chance and his stick just blew up in his hand. Yeah. Like, like that was just bad luck. He's he's going to get going here soon, and I think Berkey's going to get going. I I think the second line could have a big game tomorrow or today when you're listening to this against San Jose. Just off the way they played against Calgary, I, I feel pretty good about their chances. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Berkey's looking better and better with each game. It's just it's the constant cycle with Berkey. It's just my thing with him is when he does eventually score another goal, and he scores another one, another one. I don't want that to be the last three. He needs yeah. to, if he goes two games without a goal, he needs to get another one then too. It can't be another, this is now a, what are we, I think we're, it's gotta be like nine or 10 at this yeah. point games in a row without a goal again. Like you, we can't keep doing this with him. And he's been, he's been better. I'm not saying he hasn't been good. He's been good and he's been getting to the right spots. But when your main job is scoring, we can't keep having these slumps. So when he does break that slump, I don't want it to just be like, okay, three goals in four games and then another eight games without a goal. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I, but he, he looks more engaged and I, he's going to have a chance to play some big minutes with all these injuries. So he could get going again. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to talk about, are you good on the second line? Because yeah, we've, totally, we've totally missed the point on like, we're talking about the role players for the Avs because they've been really good and that's been a weakness for them. But again, in this Calgary game, it was the repaired top line with Miko Ranston, Nazem Kadri, and Valeria Nachushkin uh, having big games. Like Kadri was fantastic last night. Val Nachushkin had two goals. And I thought Miko was really good as well. Like a retooled top line still was very, very useful and very productive. Um, in this game yeah without a doubt I mean obviously Val was excellent he plays 22 minutes he scores both of the goals in this game both on the power play and it, he it came right after I said once we get Landis Gog back 
this team's going to score a ton more goals once those tap-ins start to go in. He immediately deflects a Kale McCarr shot to tie the game, then immediately does the, the Landeskog tap-in on what a beautiful play from Nazem Kadri there on the power play where he's, yeah, we, he's getting booed from Calgary because everyone thinks he dove on a clear trip. He brings that all the way in the zone, gets a beautiful shot on goal, gets it back to Taze, to Rantanen, and just sets up Nachushkin perfectly. Like, what a yeah. beautiful play. Well, it's become so normal for the abs to do that. Like, you you kind of lose the appreciation for how great that play was by Miko Rantanen. Like, that pass is not easy. Like, I thought it was more wide open in the moment. It, it was a perfect pass. Like, he makes it look so easy and so nonchalant. We've seen it so many times from the abs. It, it was a beautiful goal. I thought the power play would take a dip without McKinnon on there. It looked exactly the same. Like, I kind of like Devon Taves being on the ice. Like, any time Devon Taves is on the ice is a good thing. So, um, and you throw him out there with Kale McCarr, who is also the best defenseman in the NHL. Like, I, I get losing McKinnon from that slot position where he usually is at is a loss, but you're telling me I can replace him with Kale McCarr. It's, it's not a bad second option. No, not at all. I mean, Kale McCarr completely overtook that role for McKinnon on the power play. He was driving the bus perfectly the entire time. And the main thing that you miss without McKinnon on the power play is those, those zone entries. And that's exactly what Nazem Kadri did on the second goal where no one expected him to pull an entire McKinnon. That's why everyone backed off of him and he drove through the entire penalty kill and set up that entire thing. So it's, we have such a good record without McKinnon in the lineup. If we can just slowly pivot to Nathan McKinnon, not playing in this game, which was kind of a big deal. We have such a good record without McKinnon in the lineup. And I know people might look at that and be like, Oh, they don't need him. You know, like, cave brain people like that who think they don't need Nathan McKinnon. The reason why is because this team is good and they step up with him out of the line. It's a, in simplest terms, it sends a message to the rest of the lineup that, Hey, you without McKinnon, everyone needs to step up their game. I mean, look at this entire team. Every single person had an increased role tonight, except Taze and McCarr. That's it. And even then, they had to play more on the power play as well. Everyone has to step up their game without McKinnon and without Landeskog. And they all did. That's the reason why this team is so good without their stars is because everyone thinks that they're just going to be, you know, worse without their two-star players, obviously. You just get everyone else to step up and fill those gaps for them. Yeah. You said it perfectly. We don't have the stat off the top of our head, but I think they've only lost like one or two times without McKinnon this year, which it's – it is funny that people think that McKinnon is like <laughs> detrimental to this team. It's like, no, you're talking about a top five player in the league. Top um, three. Yeah. Top three. And people are like, Oh, they're better with that. It's like, no, bro. Like no, that's not like, that's not how this works. Like no. it's so funny sports sometimes because you win a game against the other best team in the West without your best player. And people go, Oh, so clearly they don't need their best player. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah. What does that you're even dumb. mean? Ask Vegas how that's going for him this year. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's funny. Um, and it makes me laugh because if we would have recorded this episode last night, I think the tone of the McKinnon situation would be a lot different. Yeah, than, it definitely would be. Yeah, it, like we'd be a lot a, more concerned. Yeah, I would be. I would think like, okay, we might see McKinnon for the final two weeks of the season if we're lucky. But then there was a video that came out today of McKinnon on the ice. Uh, he looks 
fine right. for the most part. I, I thought he broke his hand. Like we should probably talk about what happened because there might there might be people who don't know what happened. So it comes out yesterday that Nathan McKinnon is going to miss the game against Calgary with an upper body injury. And Jared Bednar says it might have stemmed from his fight against Matt Dumba, reigniting the conversation me and Christian had last episode about whether or not that was a smart idea. We came out of that being like, oh, they got away with it this time. Turns out they didn't. And then seems like McKinnon might have a pretty serious injury because of it. We both thought he broke his hand. Everyone thought he broke his hand. You could see the ice on his hand after the fight. And we're like, oh boy, here we go. They win the game. Then it comes out today pretty much or yesterday by the time you're listening to this McKinnon's on the ice in Colorado skating getting passes from the coach and looking just fine with his hands like yeah yeah no defense no goalie in front of him but doing backhands and stick work just fine doesn't mean he's going to play against San Jose or even really against Pittsburgh for that matter but I, I saw people being like oh this could be something if he broke his hand this could be something that leaks into the playoffs no he's going to be just fine yeah, I, I I don't know what to say his injury was. I mean, he, he punched Dumba with the helmet on. Like, maybe he hurt a knuckle. I mean, my, I mean, as we've seen, Matt Dumba has a very thick skull. Yeah. So, an insult, by the way, that guy's dumb. Yeah, so um, he, uh, he looked like he hurt his hand. He was icing it. He didn't take a face off the rest of that Minnesota game. Like, it, it was a little cause for concern, but then that video comes out today and you go, oh, the abs are just being – cautious as they can be like there's no need to play him if he's even a slight chance of getting injured further like there's just no point and I, I think what really set the alarms off for me yesterday was when uh, uh I think Bednar said the significance of the injury they were it was a serious concern yeah they it's said like, they said the concern level was high and that's from like yeah. oh for fucks okay so he's out for the season yeah no, he, he's skating today, and he's yeah, he's skating today. Hands. I I think he might have screwed up his wrist in the fight. Yeah. Like he might have like dinged up his wrist somehow. He might have sprained it a bit, and so I don't think we're gonna see him probably even next week. I mean, because no. they're again going back to earlier, we are twelve points up on Calgary for the entire conference. If McKinnon even like wakes up with a the sore throat, he shouldn't be playing. It, it's it's one of those things where there's just there's just no need to play him like there really isn't like you proved last night you can win without him and you've proved all year you can win without him what's the point of having a guy who could potentially get hurt more before the playoffs and there's really nothing to play for like yeah. the president's trophy yeah you want home ice throughout like there is a perk to winning the president's trophy but if you don't win the president's trophy, it's, it's not the end of the world. Right. And then what, and what are the odds you actually play that team in the Stanley with the gauntlet that is the East. I was talking to Christian before we hit record on this. When I actually fill out my bracket, I'm going to put Colorado in the Stanley cup final. And I might legitimately just flip coins for every single East one. Cause I don't have a fucking clue. So you're, you're telling me that if we don't win the president's trophy, it's guaranteed that we're not going to have home ice in the, in the Stanley cup final against Carolina or Florida. They've got a tough road in order to get there first. So you can't even be too concerned about that because the president's trophy doesn't matter. It matters for the regular season. It shows you were the best team in the regular season. When you get to the playoffs, parity is just so crazy in this league that it doesn't matter. I don't, again, it's not a curse. It's just that every team is so close that in a seven game series, anybody can beat anybody. And we're on a 
what is it, a nine-year drought of President's Trophy winner winning a Stanley Cup, or at least it will yeah. be after after this year. I think it's eight years in a row they haven't won it. It's just because everyone's so close. And so just getting back to the point, there's no rush right now. Because I, I, I really think beating Calgary locks it all down. If McKinnon has anything at all, he shouldn't play. If anybody has anything at all, they really shouldn't play because there's nothing to play for. You even look at our upcoming schedule. Our only important game against a team that is like a direct challenge to us in the West is the final game of the season against Minnesota. And at that point, we're going to have everything locked up. We're resting everyone anyway. So our most important game of the season left is Carolina on the 16th. And that's for president's trophy implications, which again, does not matter. So this is going to be a pretty boring month probably. And so if anybody's hurt, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the thing that we're going to go into every game now is like, okay, just make it out of the game. No injuries. Like that's, that's the goal now in every game is just don't have someone get hurt. Yeah, exactly. And you also, you also look at our upcoming schedule. We have four games in 11 days, like, which is very rare for this team that we actually have somewhat of a break here, but we have the penguins on Saturday where we have San Jose. Yeah. We have San, we have San Jose tomorrow on Thursday. Then we have the penguins and two day break penguins again, two day break, Winnipeg, Edmonton, three day break before we play the Kings. If guys are hurt, let them rest. Even even if we lose every single one of these games, it barely even touches us in terms of standings and means nothing. I actually would kind of welcome it that we had to play big games down the stretch. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I, I kind of agree. If you lose these games and it actually gets close towards the end, it's I don't want you to it's it's tough because like there's no reason to play. Yeah. But there's, it's also very costly to coast as we've exactly. seen in the past because it's exactly. really, it's really hard to flip that switch back on for the playoffs. I've seen it before with the Caps. They've coasted for like two months and then they couldn't, couldn't really get it going in the playoffs against the Leafs or against the Flyers in the first round. They struggled and then lost to the Penguins in the second round. It happens. So I'm against coasting. But to me, that's different than guys getting healthy. If McKinnon's hurt, let him heal. If he's healthy, he's going to play. And you know McKinnon, he's going to try, and he's going to go all out. As we saw, he fucking dropped the gloves and nearly broke his hand against Matt Dumba. You can't tell me this guy's not going to try every single night. As long as the guys on the ice are trying and trying to win, I don't care who's playing and who's not. You just you can't be coasting. That's my only thing. Yeah, I agree. And – it's just, it's going to be an interesting last month of the year. It's crazy to think we're already there. It's like, gonna, it feels- this month is going to go by very fast. We're going to be in the play. I, I said this in February, the playoffs are going to be here before we know it. Uh, don't look now that we, I think from yesterday, there was a month left in the season. We have 15 games left. Like that's crazy to think. About. It's the home stretch. It's official. Yeah. And it's a hundred it, points. It, yeah. We're at a hundred points. We haven't even mentioned that we're the first team to a hundred points. Like it's this team's really good. <laughs> we hit a hundred before anyone else in the West hit 90, and before yeah. three entire teams in the league have hit 50. Yeah. Like it's it's ridiculous, dude. This team is this team's really good, and they're only gonna get better, which is like like can you say that for any other contending team right now? Like the apps can get significantly better before the end of the season. Like 
Calgary, we talked about it. Like they've been healthy all year. They haven't had a huge injury. I like th- th- that was my thing with Calgary last night. Again, that was their fight. Like Minnesota, that was their final form. Like that is, I have, has Johnny Gaudreau hasn't missed any time. I don't think Matt Kachuk or Lindholm have missed any time. I think out of their top seven players, only one guy has missed a handful of games. Like their injury luck has been unparalleled this season. Yeah. They have been totally healthy the entire time. It honestly is reminding me a lot of their 2019 team that we already beat where yeah. they had career years from multiple guys were remarkably healthy. And then when shit got tough in the playoffs, they got killed. And so you look at a team like the Avs that has struggled a lot this season with injuries and has had a lot of comebacks. It might not seem like they're going through a ton of adversity, but believe me, you look at each individual game. They've had to battle through battle through some shit and a team like Calgary. I don't know. They've had it kind of easy for the most part this year. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. So my advice, bet on the avalanche every single night. Seems to work most of the time. And if DraftKings Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests, just like me. Just about every single day you can play for as little as a dime or for just about as much as you want. Set a lineup under the salary cap and just give it a run. What's the worst that can happen? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, like the, the Pacific Division is truly atrocious. Um, Vegas has been banged up. I, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where I think the Avs can get significantly better by just adding a couple players from injury. Um, you're talking about adding Gabe Landeskog, who was your leading goal scorer before he went out. Um, and McKinnon, your captain. And your captain, who's a top three player in the league. Um, you had Bo Byram, who before he was hurt, was playing like a top, pair defensemen like this team's going to get better and Samuel Gerard who people love to rag on is a great defenseman so this team is going to get better and I think that's scary for the rest of the league because even in the east like what other teams like super I don't think there's any like contending team that's like super banged up right now maybe Tampa Bay I know they've been battling pretty pretty healthy I think yeah they're pretty healthy for their standards but like they're not bank Toronto. Like they're missing Campbell. Like you could argue that their goaltending should get a bump when they get those players back. I mean, Campbell's uh, still struggling before that too. I mean, the, yeah. the lightning are missing Ryan McDonough. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, big piece for him. I mean, it's, I mean, it's all right. I mean, the caps, they're not really missed. They're, they're I mean, they're missing Haglin. 
and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and they're still waiting for Johan Larson to debut. So they're going to get a little better, but that's yeah. not even remotely on the same tier. No. That's what I'm saying, man. Like the abs are ridiculously like they have so much talent just waiting to come back, waiting in the wings. And I, I think they could get significantly better. And like, if those players come back in like the last five games, like the abs could, like, I hope they do. Cause then you get five games of like, okay, this is our playoff team. Let's roll and see what we're doing here. Yeah. And it's going to be good. All central teams, all central teams. Exactly. And it sounds like that could be the case. I mean, Gerard started skating again. Landeskog still isn't skating, but everything we've heard so far is that he's on track to return before the end of the season. Um, it's Bo Byram is like, you got to think he's on the precipice of returning. He's got to be close. I mean, he was skating at morning skate with the team before Calgary. I'm sure by the time we wake up tomorrow, there's going to be more news of him skating. I don't know if he's going to play, but I, I think if he this, this would make sense for him to come back and play at home in this game against the Sharks. I don't think it makes much sense for him to play against the Penguins or in Canada against Winnipeg or the, the Oilers. I yeah. think realistically when you see him come back is that Kings game on the 13th. Yeah, I think that's a fair and that's fine. Yeah, we're, I have we're no good problem. Right now. Yeah. I have no problem. And, and hopefully it sounds like Ryan Murray could be back in that last week of the year. His hand could be healed. Um, so, I mean, you're – if you can get those players back for even those last three games against the blues predators and wild, it, it makes it something interesting to watch because this is the abs at full form. Like, and it's going to be against, you're going to play at least two of those teams in your path to the playoffs or through the playoffs realistically. Yeah, pretty so, much. Um, I am, uh, I'm interested to see what happens and that's really going to be the intrigue of the last month of the season is like, okay, when the abs get these players back, how good are we? Yeah, and also I was checking out the other teams in the East and their injury stuff. The closest I can come up with is Toronto. They got Campbell, Jake Muzzin, Andre Kasha, and Rasmus Sandin injured. But again, not, it's even, nothing close, compared to what we not even close to what the yeah. abs have. So maybe the Leafs, once they get healthy, get better. But we're talking about a team that's missing – their best player, and not just their best player, a top three player in the world, their captain who had 30 goals and was leading the team before he went out. They're half of their defense. I mean, Gerard, Byram, and Murray were all in the day one roster for this team. Yep. And half of them are out. And they still beat on what everyone calls the biggest threat in the West. You get, you know, you get, uh, what was it? Paul Bissonnette on TNT last week being like, Oh, I'd rather, I'd rather play Colorado than Calgary in the first round. You know, it's the Cal Calgary just has more talent They're You know, they're, they're a deeper team. You, know, you want to get, you don't want to go up against them in the playoffs. And like we said earlier, the NHL network, they, Oh, I just think Calgary, you know, they're, they're the real team to beat in the West. They're not. We took five or six points from them. Yeah. We took five or six points from them. And the only time we lost an OT was when we made a ton of self-inflicted errors, like the, the Samuel Gerard thing, which makes a lot more sense now with his back injury. And they still couldn't beat us before OT. And then we shut them out when we clean up all those mistakes and we're missing all of our players. And then we go into their building and beat them. But please tell me why I should be scared. <laughs> I, I still think Calgary's a really good team. I think they'd give us a good series. I think it'd be like a six, seven game series. But that's also but the thing. Just, they got to get there first. Yeah. And I think if Vegas sneaks into that top three and they get Pacioretty back 
and they get Mark Stone back. They're getting Robin Leonard and Braden McNabb back tonight as they're playing right now. I still think that's the best team in the Pacific. Agreed. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's what we've been talking about with Vegas this whole time. It's like either win out or lose out. We do not want you in the wild card. Like that's, that's where we're at with Vegas right now. Yeah. It's, it's not like we wouldn't beat them, but it would be a little ridiculous if, if we have a historic season and we get Vegas in the first round while Calgary gets Nashville. Like that's a, that's a little dumb. Not that Nashville's bad, but they are not even close to a healthy Vegas team. No, like we're, we were talking I mean, at the beginning of the year, Vegas was the number, like you can make a case two. that you're the number one team. In yeah, the West. They, they were, they were, it was us in Vegas. We were going to be one and two in the West. That was going to be without the base. But when they got Jack Eichel, it wasn't even a question. They, that My question was, are we still better than these guys after they add Eichel back in the lineup? Answers unequivocally. Yes. Now, but that was it back then. So, and then we get them in round one. Be a, be a little dumb. Not that I don't think we could beat them in a playoff series because we definitely can, but come on, that's a conference final matchup. Yeah, that that'd be truly horrific for us, and that's just because of its fresh scars. Like it, it, it looks like unless unless Vegas catches Edmonton or Los Angeles, I think Dallas has that second wild card. Man, I I, I think yeah. the wild card teams you could rotate between uh, St. Louis and Nashville for the first wild card. And, and I, I think, think unless I think St. Louis is going to start to pull away with that kind of soon because they've they've been on the downturn for a while. But again, I just think it's Minnesota and St. Louis for the first round. That just seems natural. And Vegas has 76 points right now. And Edmonton and L.A. are playing tonight. So one of them is going to pull further away. But it's not impossible for Vegas to catch one of them and get into that top three they're only one point behind dallas but dallas has four games in hand right now or three after games tonight. in hand yeah yeah and after tonight once vegas is finished playing seattle zero zero right now early they're going to be back to having four games in hand and against quality teams vegas plays nine and dallas plays 10 i think it's going to come down to the wire but also you have to consider dallas has 10 home games and vegas has five for the rest yeah. of the season. And I think Vegas has been brutal on the road this year. I think they've been brutal. worse at home, honestly. Yeah. If they lose this game to Seattle at the time we're recording this, they could be dead. They could yeah. be. Like, because they mean, had they had that huge win against the Blackhawks. They're down three to nothing and they come back to tie it at three. Then they're down four three. They tie it again. They get Didonov with the OT winner, which is just hilarious after they, they traded him and it got voided. If they lose this right now, they're getting outshot six to one, Vegas is. If they, lose they had a power play, games, Vegas did. Yeah. <laughs> they had a power play, and they're still getting out shot six to one. And if if they lose this game to Seattle, who if Seattle loses this game, they're eliminated from playoff contention. I saw that today, which that's I mean, funny. yeah. But if they lose that, like that's such an emotional letdown that like you gotta think that they're done. Yeah, I agree. Because Vegas so, has no room for error. They need no. to. And if they're gonna win, fine, just win out. Yeah. Like just don't don't find yourself in the mushy wild card spot. Yeah, that's where we're at with it. It's like, I, I don't care. Like, I'd love to see Vegas miss the playoffs because it'd be fucking hilarious. But I don't want them in the first round. I just don't. I, it's just, it wouldn't be fair. Because like, like you said, you're talking, I mean, Minnesota gets a cupcake matchup, in my opinion, against a St. Louis team that's not very good or a Nashville team that is okay, but they're not a threat. Like, I don't know. It, that's That's where I'm at with Vegas right now. But 
it's going to be the West is way more interesting playoff wise than the East. The East, it's all about matchups right now. Yeah, like it's gone from different day to day with like, oh, we're going to get Boston, Toronto in the first round. Now all of a sudden, oh, Tampa Bay's in the wild card. <laughs> like the only team that I think is locked into their position and they really aren't locked in is is Washington as the second wild card. Yeah, I mean, they're Boston's been much better lately. And Toronto and Tampa are just going to keep winning games and going back and forth. I don't see how Washington gets out of there. No. Uh, I, th- I think Carolina's pretty safe, honestly, in their top spot in the Metro. I think Florida's pretty safe. But outside of that, everything's pretty up in the air. But it's like you the said, East, it's all matchups East is right be now. Beautiful playoff hockey. Duel. Oh, yeah. I am so excited to watch East the match. Playoffs. The matchups in the East for the playoffs are way better than in the West. It's not even close. Yeah. Like you could make a case, like we've talked about in the East. Any of those teams could go to the cup final. I mean, maybe not Washington. Sorry, Griffin. I mean, they have a shot. They have a shot. They have a shot. I do think that if they match up with Florida in the first round, they can beat them without a doubt. They have a shot. They have the worst shot of any of the eight teams. Let's make that clear. They have the worst odds of any of them without a doubt but they still have a chance. It's not like a typical second wild card team. But then you look at Boston, like the current seventh seed, as recently as last episode, I was convinced they were going to the final and now they lost six, four to Toronto. And now I'm maybe backing off on that. Now I'm thinking, well, the Leafs have done really well against potential playoff opponents lately. Like, what is that? It's total fucking nonsense. Bonkers dude. Flip, it's bonkers. flip coins for every matchup. I promise you, you'll have better luck. Cause I, I've been convinced that the Rangers are going to lose to the Penguins in the first round. They've just beat them twice. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Rangers go far. Maybe none of this, like maybe none of this matters, and it's going to be Washington and Boston in the conference final. Like it, that'd be hilarious. It just be completely made up. So it, it's it's going to be fun. We're going to ride out till the end. Uh, the West is going to be interesting. I did see some Dallas fans saying like they have a chance to upset the Abs in the first round. No, they I'm don't. Like, no, you don't. I'm watching Dallas, and I watched them last night against Anaheim. They have they may get lucky to win. Like Ottinger could maybe steal a game. But the Avs could win that series in five, maybe. I feel like people forget the Avalanche in the first round are beasts. Yeah, it's the second round we got to worry about. Right. And again, Dallas is a good team, but a healthy Avalanche team, I don't think they they really understand how good they have to play. They'd have to play perfect. They have to beat us four times. They can't just win game one, call it a day and celebrate. They got to win four times. I don't see how they do it. We have better everything at the end of the day than Dallas. I know they won the season series, blah, blah. It's because we only played them three times instead of four this season. And the first time we played them, no McKinnon. They had, Dallas had a good game. They beat us fair and square that day. Then we shut them out in Dallas. And then Jake Ottinger has 50 million saves in that final yeah. game where we completely and utterly dominated Dallas. It's and you not, expect Ottinger to do that in four straight games? Four straight games, when he hasn't done it since yes. against I worse think, teams. Wasn't it Frankie starting in goal, too? Yeah, it was Frankie, and Frankie had a bad game. Yeah, so I remember those bad again, turnovers he had. Like, yeah. there was an arguable goaltender interference call on Pavelski that could have gone the other way. Yeah, he like, had a bad turnover right to a star that led to a goal. And again, seven-game playoff series, where four of the games are going to be in Colorado. Sure, Dallas is going to put up. I'm not saying we're going to sweep them. No. Because, like, what you did to St. Louis last season is the most dominant playoff series we've seen from a team, I think, in the last decade. 
It, it, it was not, very close. I thought the Coyote series in the bubble was maybe the greatest series for the abs, but then that St. Louis series happened and you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've never had a playoff series be so stress-free than that's than that blue series. That's yeah. not going to happen again. No. The stars are going to put up a good fight. It was kind of a bad thing for the abs. If you think it really, it. it really was. I, I was, I said that after we lost, I was like in the hindsight, having that easy series against the blues was terrible for this team. Yeah. Because then like, you had Vegas go up against Minnesota in a seven-game series. We were waiting for them for like a week. Yep. And we blow the doors off in game one. But they were ready for a, a knockout brawl, and we weren't because we weren't yep. prepared for it to be difficult. Yeah. So it, it could be better that maybe they lose a couple. Like, that sounds weird to say in the playoffs that, like, maybe if they lose a couple in the first round, it's not a bad thing. Because if you look at the abs in the past, like, four years in the playoffs in the first round, they've lost two games. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, in they the, beat in the past two years in the playoffs, they or uh, yeah, last three years they've lost two games, yeah, because yeah. they beat Calgary in five, they beat Arizona in five, and they beat St. Louis in four. And in the Calgary one, that series was close because Mike Smith played out of his fucking mind for games two through four, and two then in game five, he, yeah, he, game three he let in like seven, but. Game, oh, that's right. Yeah, game, I forgot game, about that. game one was the shutout. I watched this series a lot, so I know this. Yeah. Game one was the shutout for Calgary. Game two was the was 3-2 in OT where we tied it late from Comfer. And then game three was embarrassing. Yeah, we, for that. we, we beat the doors off them. I think that was like 6-2. to two. And then the Ranton and OT game. And then but If you go back two. and look at that game, I think the Avs had like 52 shots in that game. Like, yeah. it should have been a blowout again. And then in game five, we beat the brakes off of them again. Like that series wasn't as close as the scores would indicate because there were two overtime wins for the Avs. They weren't even all that close. Yeah. Yeah. They were dominant. So the first round, we like you just said, the Avs have proven that they are first round beasts. It's just the second round, and it's going to be against more than likely, I'd say, I'd say it's probably a 95% chance that it's Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota loses in the first round. I'll be shocked. Yeah, I, I just don't see how it's not. I mean, but that just feels right, doesn't it? For a, yes. a, a Stanley Cup for us, we have to go through Minnesota in order to get to Wouldn't it just feel wrong if we didn't and we played yeah. like Nashville instead? Yeah, like, I agree. So it, it's it's going to be interesting because Minnesota is by far the second best team in this division. And, yeah. I don't really think it's and even then, like- I still don't see them as a series. like. They show a lot of signs of pretender to me. They rely a lot on Kaprizov. They're relying a lot on Cam Talbot to be the kind of goaltender he is right now in the playoffs and then rely on Flurry, who is, again, not the surefire bet that people think he is in the playoffs. And again, is he even going to start? Who knows, Regardless, man? They're getting career years from a ton of guys. A lot of this stuff dries up in the playoffs. And again, I find it very funny that wild fans act like the pressure's on us. Bro, your window's closing this year. Do you are you forgetting about the 12 and 15 million dollar salary cap penalties you guys have coming up for the next couple of years? Our window's going to be just fine if we don't win this year. You are fucked if you don't. The Avs in the Central even after this year, like there's still not very many teams I like they should win the Central for the next 3-4 years easily. Like if they keep this core intact, like St. Louis is, I don't know what St. Louis is doing. I really don't. Um, I mean, Nashville is, I mean, 
can you expect another 34 plus goal season from I think Nashville's going to drop next season yeah because Forsberg if he doesn't resign that'll be interesting like UC Soros has shown a little bit of cracks um but I I just don't see anyone in the central like Chicago's bad. Arizona's gonna be good in like five years. Yeah, I mean, I mean Arizona's gotta do Arizona's gotta get those picks right first before yeah. we even talk about them as a serious threat. Winnipeg's Winnipeg's, Winnipeg's gonna go down. Probably Winnipeg's probably gonna Winnipeg's gonna be the most interesting team to watch in the offseason for me because there's a ton of things that they have to do and probably should do. But Chicago's gonna rebuild. Dallas, they're kind of rebuilding on the fly as we go. They're kind of slowly transitioning to Robertson and Hintz instead of Ben and Sagan, but I, we don't know what they're, they're still do. locked up long-term though, dude. And that's the thing. Like you just don't know what the plan is with them. And Minnesota is going to get worse next season because they just tied weights around their ankles with those buyouts. Yeah. I mean, this is really the abs division for the next three, four years. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, with Joe Sackick at the helm, like we're not going anywhere anytime soon. So I just find it funny to be that wild fans treat like all the pressures on us. Like, no, if you play us, you have to beat us because you are fucked if you don't. And they, like we said in the last episode, that was the best you're going to see from Minnesota. Yeah. And they like, barely squeaked it out. Yeah. Can and they replicate that through four times in a playoff series? I, I don't trust Cam Talbot to do that. No. That's for damn sure. I also found it very funny that they, that like they ran that victory lap up until they beat the Flyers. Like they were, they were riding that win for two days. Like guys, you won an OT. You gained one point on a 15 point lead. Calm down. Yeah. Minnesota fans, like I'll give them credit. They're just as passionate, maybe more passionate than Avs fans. But goddamn, they're insufferable, and, and I that's guarantee not a good. Insane. And that's not a good thing because yeah. they are, they really don't know what they're talking about. My yeah. favorite chirp is that the Avalanche haven't made it to the conference final since we won the cup, dude. Neither of you. At least we won the cup when we went to the conference final last. You lucked your way into one in two thousand three, and you haven't been back. I don't want to hear it from you. You have nothing to hold over us. Outside of 2014, which is going to be eight years ago this summer, you have nothing. And that Avs team, as we saw the next year, was very flawed and yeah. got very, very he, lucky. Insane save percentage, insane shooting percentage, and a coach that wasn't very good. We found that all out very quickly. So congratulations that you got to be the, the team lucky enough to play us in the playoffs. The team that has all the signs that you do, you idiots. It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited for it. But I, like I said, I, it sounds cocky of us right now. It's earned. It. Yeah. We've earned I, it. This team is good. I just don't see a team beating us in the Western Conference. In the East, it'll be a good matchup. Like whatever team we face, Stanley Cup Finals is going to be a good matchup. In the West, it's a significant gap between us and every team. Yeah, if we don't make it to the Stanley Cup Final, we did something wrong along the way. It's not because another team is built better than us. Even – not even like built better for the playoffs than we are. We're built for the playoffs. That's not a, that's not a question. This team is experienced for the playoffs and has everything they need to win. They have the physicality. They have the depth. They have everything we need. If we don't win, it's our fault. It's that simple. Yep. I agree. So this is going to be just a preview of what we talk about a lot this last month, because there's not going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to talk maybe 20 minutes about the games and do this for the rest of the time they're probably gonna end up being shorter because these games they don't matter 
Like we're not they playing, we're not playing, Cal- we're not playing Calgary again. We're not playing Minnesota until the final game. And that one doesn't even matter. We play Edmonton twice, which could be kind of fun, but they, they don't really have any implications on us. Nope. Carolina could maybe, be interesting. Maybe a potential the, playoff if they fall off. Yeah. And like, if they turn it around in the playoffs, maybe conference final, like again, really. Here's my really, worst case. Before we wrap up, my worst case scenario for the abs is if they match up against like the Kings in the first round. You think so? Because like we've been talking about all year, I want them to have a little bit of a challenge in the first round. Okay, I, I, That's not where I thought you were going with that, but I totally agree. Yeah. No, like we beat the shit out of the Kings. Like it wouldn't even be close. Yeah. I think the Kings would be interesting, but there's also just be no juice to that series. And I know the Kings are second in the Pacific, but I just, not, I'm not even convinced they're making the playoffs next year. Like, cause yeah. they're, they're, it's all kind of just working out for them. They're beating teams that they should, but they also lost six, one of the Kraken. Yeah. I don't know. They just, they're, they're super just, banged I'm, up. But like they're the just kind of there. They played against them. They have to kick the shit out of them both times. Like, and the Avs have played bad in those games. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like yeah, we, that's we my worst even, case scenario matchup in the first round. Yeah. Like, Honestly. and we didn't even try against them, yeah. like you said. I guess, I guess we can end this episode by actually looking at what the percentages are right now for the first round, according right, to uh, Hockey Viz. So, right now, 33% chance for Dallas in the first round. That's no surprise. This one to me is a little surprising 19% chance for St. Louis second biggest odds for them, which I think is very interesting and 14% for Winnipeg. I think that's going to, I don't think Winnipeg is going to make it. Especially I mean, they just won tonight. They, they won the shootout. So they gained two points. I think they're tied yeah. with Vegas. I, that's like their last like non-playoff team for a while. They have a tough schedule at 14% is Nashville. I mean, don't rule out Nashville for the first round. I think we've kind yeah. of, I think we kind of ruled them out. They could drop off realistically and fall into that second spot. At 8%, you have Vegas. I, I think they should be a little higher, but I don't make the percentages. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think the Dallas is kind of what I'm putting my eye on. I'm, I'm mentally so prepping for Dallas. I think yeah. it's going to be them. I think so too, because Vegas is like, unless they play 500 hockey, which is very possible for Vegas, I think they could possibly catch Los Angeles just because Los think Angeles. They could. I mean, we're really going to find out in this game against if they lose this game to Seattle, if they lose both games to Seattle, cause they play them twice. I think that's going to tell us a lot about what this team's about to do. I agreed, but we're, we're pretty much shifting all of our focus to the playoffs. Now after this game, a couple big games against Pittsburgh on Saturday and Carolina. But other than that, we're just going to be coasting to the playoffs. Yeah. If, if the Mavs just need to win two, two games and Vegas needs to lose one and we clinch a playoff spot. Yeah. So. Like as, as if we haven't already with a hundred yeah. points, but regardless, like this, this is pretty much just what can, the show is going to be for the last yeah. month of the season. It's going to go very fast. The games to me officially don't matter anymore. As long as the process is fine in them and they're trying, that's all I really care about. There's no team in here that I would be pissed if we lose to. Like I want to beat the Penguins because I'm also a Caps fan, but I also acknowledge we're not going to pass the Penguins as a Capitals fan. So I don't really care. As long as you play well in those games, it doesn't matter and no one gets hurt. But that's kind of just what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be looking at playoff opponents pretty much the entire time. Agreed. I'm pumped for it, man. Yeah, so uh, I got nothing else for this one. Nope, I'm good, man. All right, good stuff. I thought that was fun. That was a good time. Wasn't as fun as the last one, but still a good time. 
We didn't laugh as hard, but I still had to get that. Well, it's also a day later and it's also like 11 o'clock for me. So yeah, a little more, a little less energy for this one instead of being like fresh off of an OT game or a day later, but regardless, it's always fun here. We're always having a good time. Oh yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the tell it abs. It is podcast on the hockey podcast network. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Once again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. You can follow the show at tell it abs. It is which is pretty, which is pretty much my main account. I just pretty much exclusively tweet on there for the most part. It's because you guys follow me there more often. So that's mainly where I'm talking about the abs, but regardless, you can follow us on there. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. One, one more thing. I heard there's a rumor on the street that uh, if the teledabs it is uh, Twitter page gets to a thousand followers, we may do a Jersey giveaway. So oh. just put that little birdie in your ear. Interesting. I might've heard a similar rumor as well. Just word of mouth on the streets, you know, this yeah. word kind of gets around here in the, the local Maryland community yeah. about the, the Colorado show. So I, I think we're know. like 112 followers away. So just saying, just saying, you know, just putting it out there that, you know, might've heard a thing or two. Don't know that we will have to verify that, but regardless, yeah. just, just thought we should say something we have heard, but regardless, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.